Hey, hey, who? You ever have one of those friends that you can just be totally and completely an idiot with? That you're just comfortable with them, and no matter what happens, no matter what goes down, they're going to be as dumb or dumber and try to trump you maybe. I don't know what it might be. But they're going to absolutely make a fool of themselves alongside of you. That's my guest today. His name is Reverend Cam Pence. We've known each other for a while, and we first met in, I believe it was North Dakota, and he was a youth pastor up there, and uh, he tells a little bit about that in this interview, but we've had a great time getting to know each other over the years, and he's just one of those guys You'll, I mean, you'll find out just listening to the interview, but he's just one of those guys that he's a good time. Wherever he goes, he's you're going to have a good time. Um, now, sometimes those guys can be like just total idiots, um, just morons. Not Cam, though. Cam, um, he's a smart guy. He knows what he's talking about most of the time, unless he's around me, then we... we venture down paths that probably shouldn't go, <laughs> shouldn't be gone down, but it happens from time to time. But it's it's really interesting to me, a lot of times when people think of ministry positions and things like that, um, they think, oh man, they're going to be a pastor, they're going to be all serious, man, you can't have fun anymore. In fact, you can't even really have fun around them anymore. Um, they're not going to be any kind of fun to hang out with. And uh, it's just going to be a bore. Um, Not the case. In fact, extremely not the case. Um, I know that whenever we hang out, typically we laugh so hard. You know, you ever get laugh so hard that your stomach is hurting? You feel like you've done an ab workout? That's the kind of laughter that we have when when we're around each other. Um, We're laughing that hard. You ever laugh so hard that you've cried? Or you ever laughed so hard or done something so stupid that it makes somebody else pee their pants? That's the kind of laughing we're talking about. And one of the things that I think is uh, is quite important, because life is so stinking stressful sometimes. It is so hectic. Um, it, it can take a toll on you. And it can just, oh, just weighs you down. And as we look at this, man, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hear from Cam that it doesn't have to. Um, life can be fun. Life can be interesting. Um, and <laughs> and even when you mess up, when you're giving given simple tasks, and you guys are hear a story about that later on in the interview. But it was pretty stinking awesome. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. But. You know, I, I oftentimes I look at ministers and a lot of times they don't make a ton of money. Uh, for some reason, I think people think they do. I don't know why, but they don't. Ministers don't make a ton of money. But I'll tell you what they're, they are rich in is stories. If you ever want some of the best stories ever, go find a minister. Go find a pastor. Go find like a youth pastor. Um, they've got the best stories and uh, it's something about it. And they're, they're never, 
you know, they're never like a, oh, yeah, that was kind of funny. No, they're always typically like a gut buster. They typically are the ones where you are holding your side. It's hurting so bad. You're getting an ab workout. You're tearing up. You know, someone's someone's crossing their legs if you're ready to pee because it's so stinking funny. Um, rich in stories. Um, especially if you, if you find the guys that have done any kind of traveling. Uh, there's always stories. If you, anybody who's who's preached at like a camp or done something like that, they have some great stories. They're just fantastic um, because stuff happens where you step back and you go, that should have never happened. And you step back and you look at it too and go, how did the what happen with the when? That just doesn't make sense can't do that but somehow some way the pastor is there with the perfect timing the perfect place and he watches everything unfold so all that being said let's start the show Yes. <laughs> you got me straight up tripping, boo. You dipping and dapping and don't know what's happening. They was grabbing hankies, waving blankies. They was running them aisles up in there. I respect your opinion. You're wrong. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Legacy Helms podcast. With your host, the Suge Knight, to my vanilla ice, Nick Jones. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Nick Jones, and after that lovely intro by the one, the only, Reverend Cameron Pence, or affectionately known as C.C. Pence, um, we, uh, we said that, that that's your old-timey Nazarene name, correct? Totally. Totally, yeah. yeah. And why why is that your old timey Nazarene name? Um, well, I, I need to clarify. It was my old timey Nazarene name. I actually had it legally changed oh. to CC Pence. Um, and then I also uh, hired a friend of mine who's good with computers to hack into my uh, into the database of the hospital where I was born and change the name on my birth certificate. So I am pretty much saturated with CC Pence. CC um, Pence. But it, it it lets people know that I am serious about um, like living in the past. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else that accompanies the CC Pence, or is it just the name only? Is there? Uh, well, I mean, it's you know you could say like Reverend. Reverend. C. C. Pence. Yeah, if you want to. Or and would Rev. you spell out Reverend? Uh yeah yeah yeah. Um, I would spell R-E-V out the whole period. Thing. Oh R E V period. So you yeah, wouldn't you yeah. wouldn't put the R E V E R A N D. Oh yeah, no, ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody. <laughs> True. So you could you could you could you could you could call it you could say or you could say Reverend if you want or you could you know I like to keep it hip for the youths. The youths. So you could even say Rev like Rev Run. Rev. Yeah. Like Rev CC. Rev. That would be good. I think that would reach the youths. Very good. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I think that's that's keeping it relevant. That's relevance—the word we're looking for. Um, yes. 
So you're and you're the youth pastor where? Uh, at Elkhart Northside Church of the Nazarene. All right. And that's in Elkhart, Indiana. Elkhart, Indiana, and you're under the Timothy Sheets. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, Pastor Tim Sheets of the of the of the Northeast Indiana Sheets. Yes, <laughs> of the of the Sheet Clan. Of the Sheet Clan. Not well. Oh, yeah, that sounds really bad. I uh, I mean, of the Sheet family. Sheet family. Sheet family sounds way better. We don't want to go the other route. So, C.C. Pence. I'm glad you're here, man, on the podcast. Yeah, glad to be here, man. Yeah. So, okay. Got a question for you. Okay. When did you know? When were you like... Yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. When did you know that you were called into ministry? I'm using that that in, in air quotes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you used the, the the air quotes. Yeah, I, I um <laughs> I don't want to cop out on it. It's kind of, it's kind of a it's, I guess it's kind of a, a process because you know people people ask me that question and I can point back to several like areas in my life or instances where where you know I, I felt like. I felt like God was was pressing that on me. Um, you know, I, I I was one of these kids that that didn't really. I, mean, I, I grew I grew up in the church. I actually grew up in an Anglican Catholic church, and I was confirmed. So I got a lot of my core Christian education there. Um, but we, my family, moved um, when I was twelve, and we had about a five year span where we didn't go to church at all. And um, you grew up Anglican, so Anglican I, Catholic. Yeah, the Anglican Catholic. It's like a small. It's like a small Anglican denomination, and it's like they're they're they use like the 1928 prayer book, and they only use the the King James Bible, and um, mm. only use so King they're, James. They're, they're huh? still one of the smaller Anglican kind of bodies, but so they only use King James. They only use King James, man. Well, the the well, authorized yeah. version. If it's good enough for Moses, it's good enough for me. Well, there you I'm go. I'm sure man. how that's good how it works. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I um, I started going to youth group at a Nazarene church, Muncie First Church in the Nazarene, Muncie, Indiana, and um, you know I would consider that would be you know I was on a mission trip uh, to Racine, Wisconsin in June of 2000 that I I uh, repented my sins and became a Christian and I uh, from then on I, I just I loved spending time at the church. I was just one of these kids that like. I was always at the church for. I would like if, the, if if you know the senior adults had a bake off, I'd find an excuse to be at the church. And um, <laughs> so I was always there. And, and when I graduated, I helped out with the youth group, and you know, just did a lot, um, you know, with <clears throat> with the church. And um, I, I kind of had an idea when I went to college, even though I was, I was a pretty uh, unmotivated um, young guy that I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I just loved being in the church, and, and I didn't really care at that point if that was, you know, if that was being a pastor. I probably would have, you know, I probably would have been happy being, like, the church custodian if it meant I got to be, you know, around, just in the around you know, believers and things like that. And yeah. So anyway, yeah, and, and in all of that, I, I, I did take Christian education classes, and it, it was one of those things that I never actually said, like, I'm in training to be a pastor, but, you know, that's kind of the direction I was headed, and um, that's good because a lot of guys uh, my, I hung out with in college that said that, yeah, they, you know, you'd end up partying with them on Friday night and then on Sunday morning oh, yeah. they're the oh, yeah. hand raisers, you know, nothing wrong with raising yeah, the yeah, yeah, but you yeah, know. You, 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 yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, and, and that's unfortunate, you know, when you get when you get your, your buddies that are just so gung ho about their cold ministry, and you know now they're a world class crack dealer or something. But yeah. um, um, well, it like, was like the mentality back then though was, I've got to get it out of my system now, because if I don't get it out of my system now, I'm never going to be able to get it out of my system, and it might happen later. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of we had like a weird, when, you know, and, and and you and me went to went to college like in the in the early two thousands. And, like, I, I remember, like, we were, and, and I'm sure every, like, generation of college students, especially if they're, like, training to be pastors and things like that, like, always have this kind of idea in their head that, like, we're going to go and we're going to change the world. We're going to be, like, we're going to be the generation that just, like, nobody understands that we've got it right. And with us, I think it was, like, music. So that was when we were, like, oh, yeah, we need a coffee shop and we need, like, a whole, like, a whole, like, rock band. And, and you know, that, that we're, and that's how we're going to be different and cool and relevant. And, um... You know, now 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 we're we're just a little bit older. You know, now it's like you, you deal sometimes with like really like really like serious and deep theological issues. So you're like, you know, like people get you pumped up and they're like, oh man, we're gonna change the church. And you're like, yeah, and they're like, and we're gonna you know we're gonna play the music that reaches the generation. And you're like, yeah, and we're gonna say that 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 Jesus wasn't really born to a virgin. And you're like, yeah, whoa, whoa. wait, timeout. We need a quick just, timeout. It kind of just like it kind of just like. You know, escalate, escalate from there. And, <laughs> that escalated you know, quickly. All of a sudden, <laughs> like the theological issues, I think of, of ministry students today. You know, makes me look back at mine and say, "Oh man, you know, maybe, maybe I can look back and lament that you know the music, you know, or wearing jeans when I preached or whatever wasn't 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 that important, <laughs> you know." And so, <laughs> but yeah, I I, I went through. You know, I, I went through college, a pretty lazy dude, actually. I, I uh, <laughs> you know, I think I acknowledged before I graduated, like, I, I'm, I, I feel like the whole, the, like the Holy Spirit is pressing on me that, you know, I'm supposed to serve people in pastoral ministry, but I never really took it that seriously. Um, what was your major fact, in college? I, my major was, uh, was Christian education. I minored in youth ministry, but the thing about Christian education yeah. uh, at the school where I went, which was all of that, was at the time I transferred to Olivet from Ball State like shortly before the end of my sophomore year. And so I changed my major and I picked Christian education not because I thought it was a noble thing to, to study if I wanted to be a pastor because it was literally the smallest major that Olivet offered at the time. It was like 29 hours. Um, and well, I still managed to, to stretch that bad boy out for like four and a half years. <laughs> that's, that's always a good motivation. Yeah, I know. If I'm being honest about my my young reckless days, well, yeah, you know, we, that was. Uh, we want to pursue that. Yeah. So you so you're basically you're like, I'm gonna transfer in, and there's there's a Christian school. I'm gonna basically I'm gonna map out what I need to do the least, and still have a piece of paper with my name on it at the yeah. end. I, I I mean it, it, it really was. Um, <laughs> it, and it just so happened that you know Christian education. You know, I talked to the advisor and. That I'd say, look, you know, I, I think I told them the same thing. So at that point, I didn't really feel like I needed to impress anybody. Oh, like, so you oh, didn't I don't hide what it. I do, but, you know, I love hanging out at the church. You didn't hide it. You were, you just told them, like, you know what? I'm, <laughs> what's the minimum? And they're like, well, you probably shouldn't yeah. go into this major with just the idea of just doing the minimum. I don't think you understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I, like I being in a church building. I mean, it was just kind of like, 
you know, I mean, I think they were very candid with me that like, um, okay, so you're coming, you're coming into the game kind of late here, because uh, <laughs> there was a communications major. Yeah, and, uh, I think that might have been that. They were kind of like, you know, they were kind of like, do you wanna, you know, if you, if you wanna go for a traditional, you know, religion or youth ministry degree or something, then, you know, you, you'll probably be here for more than four years, you know. But here's another option, you know. So it, it wasn't necessarily <laughs> like presented to me like, well, okay, well, you know, we understand you don't wanna stay here forever, so. You know, here, here, here you go, and um, yeah, so I did that, and, and actually, I, I, I took a, a part-time um, position as, as an associate youth pastor in Noblesville, Indiana, like right out of um, all of that. And you know, it was—I will say this—I will say it was a very formative time for me, yeah. but it was also not a good pastor for me, um, mostly because I was still just had them, and I was still just a young, a young kid who hadn't who hadn't picked up, you know, how seriously I think I should have taken, you know, that call in my life, yeah. you know, while I was in college. Because, you know, I, I can look back and look at a lot of things I learned from that experience, which lasted nine months, by the way. And, oh, um, you were there a whopping nine months. And I, <laughs> yeah, I can also look back and say, you know what, um, I can see, like, the young, dumb kid in me in my actions when I did this or that, or when I said this or that, or... You know, and uh, as it turns out, you know, the, the, the church was very awesome. They loved me to death. And, you know, as it turns out, they, they didn't fire me. You know, it wasn't like I screwed up and they fired me. It was, it was a, a financial thing, you know, with the church. Um, They're like, look, but, we can't know, pay uh, you for the hours you're here because you like being in church so much that yeah, you, you basically yeah, set yeah, up a bunk exactly. in your office. It, yeah, and like, and, and I left there, and um, I was putting out resumes to other churches, and I got engaged, and I didn't have a job, so I needed to get a job, and I started selling mattresses, and Ooh. I found out I was pretty decent at that. Yeah, I know, the mattress game, I used to, what I call, I used to sling the inner spring, and uh, I found out I was pretty good at that. I worked for the company called Denver Mattress Company, and worked up to management there. And where, got now, where were you slinging mattresses at? I, and I was in Terre Haute, Indiana, which is like southern Terre Indiana, because my, my wife had a lot of immediate family there. I've been there before. There was uh, a great of, Greek place there. I might have, uh, I, I mean, I might have contracted some sort of disease when eating at this yeah. Greek place, but it was delicious. I don't know. I'm not 100% on that, but it was delicious. Who, who would have thought that something like that could happen, you know, when they're slicing off lamb from up a spigot for you? Um... <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, okay, like... I got a question then. You're you're interviewing okay. at, at churches, right? You you went through like interview process multiple places. I I, I interviewed at one church, and I'll tell you about Only that. I'll tell you about that interview if we have time. We have we'll have a lot of time. Huh? We'll have we'll make time. Okay. So and, and then I just couldn't I couldn't really get call back. So I get a call back from somebody who just wanted to talk to me, but it never you know materialized into an actual face to face interview. And, uh, and you know at, the, at, the, at that time once again I was kind of young and dumb and, and still pretty immature. But um and, and and one thing I'll say that my time with Denver Mattress Company did, um, especially in management, was that it really helped me kind of grow up and 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 take take things seriously. Um, but, you know, after doing that for a couple of years, I, that was one of the things where I felt God, you know, really pressing that on me that, um, that's not what I was supposed to be, supposed to be doing. And so I remember talking to my pastor at the time and, you know, he really, uh, and that was in Mandan, North Dakota. And, uh, North Dakota, the, is that the bison state? It is the bison state, man. I've seen bison close up. They're pretty, pretty gnarly. They are. I've seen one kind of yeah. close up, and they had like a sign up that said, "If you can't run 
what was it? If you can't run 40 yards or 50 yards in this amount of time, don't come to this fence. And it was some sort of like ridiculous amount of time. And then underneath it, it said, because the buffalo can. So basically, don't get too close to the buffalo because they will run you down. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're ginormous, man. They are. Yeah, they're, they're but... frightening. That didn't stop me, though. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that was that was an interesting, you know. And, and you know, me and my wife were married for like three months, and then moved from Indiana to North Dakota, where we didn't know anybody. So that was definitely a that you know, my time selling mattresses and being in, you know in in the Great North was was a, a, a it was it's a baptism by fire. Uh, yeah. In the area of like learning to not be, uh, you know, an immature kid anymore. And um, that's neat. So, uh, I mean, even there's sometimes when like you, you mature in your faith and stuff like that. But then there's time where you <laughs> sometimes you just need to grow up in general. Oh, yeah. Where it's and, like, and that's definitely, that's definitely on, where I was, yeah. um, you know, in that stage of my life. Not fact, too much, remember, though. You don't want to grow up too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's everything in moderation, even moderation. <laughs> And uh, I was, you know, I was, uh, I remember, the, in fact, our first day in North Dakota, I remember it was just this, this, this really, I should have been freaking out, okay? But I wasn't, because that, that was the first time I, like, had a challenge in front of me that I, 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 I was kind of excited about, because I was thinking, this is going to make you better, this challenge, was we, we, we rolled into North Dakota after midnight, um, after two days of driving with the U-Haul, and um, you know, my company put me up in a in a hotel, and then you know, I had to start in a week, so I had to go find a place to live and do all that stuff because they moved you really quick. Yeah. Like with you know, within like ten days from when they told me I was going, um, was was all it took before I actually went. And so we woke up that morning, and my wife just rolls over and looks at me, and she says, "Good morning." I said, "Good morning," and she says, "We're homeless." <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I, that was the first time. Like I was like, "You're right." Snap back to reality. You gotta take take this seriously. Like me and me and me and my wife gotta gotta work together and put a roof over our head here. And um, but it was it was a good experience, you know. And we the winters were were pretty gnarly. Um, it wasn't very fun being away from a lot of friends and family. But you know that was really where God kind of pressed pressed really hard on me. This is what I want you to do. And um, did you find that that group helped grow your marriage? Like being away from everybody and not having. Like I've I've talked with some couples and they're like, they have like this safety net where one or the other or sometimes both sets of parents will be close by, so whenever there's a problem, they'll go running to their parents, and yeah. they don't grasp the whole leave and cleave thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that was really true. Our situation. I mean, because really was like you know our first first year and our second year like. You know, if we got in a fight or something or an argument, like, um, yeah, there wasn't like we couldn't just storm out and uh, we couldn't just storm <laughs> like, out and go. Stay we're homeless. With, with where my, are you going to storm to? My parents, huh? You're like we're homeless. Where are you going to storm to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we got we got we got our we got our uh, our apartment stuff, but even so, like, it's like we moved there in December too. So it's like, you know, even if we got mad, like one. We don't have like friends and family that we could storm out and go sleep on their couch or whatever. But two, it's negative fifty degrees outside with the wind chill. Um, so I'm mad at you, but I'm not mad enough that I'm going to go out there and freeze to death. So you know, it kind of forced us to. Uh, it, it forced us to to really kind of deal with and, and both of us a lot of our immaturities and 
um, and, and do that together. So, you know, we, we look back, and, you know, my wife probably enjoyed our time in North Dakota uh, more than I did, but we both look back at it and say, you know, that was one of the best things that ever happened for, yeah. for, for our marriage is we got to start out really just on our own and, you know, depending on, the, you know, really depending on the Lord and learning to love and, and, and lean on each other. And, um, you know, as it turns out, too, we met great people. My pastor there was really instrumental in pushing me towards, you know, getting licensed. And he got me, he actually got me my, my, my interview in my first full-time pastoral position in Minot, North Dakota, um, which was even further north than North, your... North Dakota, if you can imagine that. Who was your, yeah, yeah. Who was your uh, yeah. pastor then? My, my senior pastor was Doug Wyatt. Okay. And um, Doug actually left um, shortly after I went to Minot to go be the pastor in Hutchison, Kansas. And he just, he just took the um, position as district superintendent in, I believe, Eastern Kentucky. Watch out, rubbing shoulders yeah. with the big dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a great, great, great man of God, and, and uh, uh, you know, really, really supported us, encouraged uh, Lindsay and I, you know, in this transition, and challenged us. And um, so that, that was that, that was that was a great experience. And then you know, from from North Dakota, it was on to, I pastored a church for about three and a half years in Carrollton, Missouri, and then Carrollton, came, back, Missouri. came back to my home state of Indiana here at Elkhart Northside to be to do uh, be the youth and outreach pastor here um, for, it'll be two years in June. Nice. So, now, we, we really met and really connected in North Dakota. Like, we yeah. might have been at Olivet at the same time. But yeah. we really met and connected and, and kind of stayed friends from that point in North Dakota. Yeah. When I was up there preaching and then, I mean, we, we stayed in time. I mean, I went and went to your church in Carrollton and small town. Yep. Small oh, town. Yeah. Uh, Very small town. You, yeah, you've told me stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> about Democrats and yeah. stuff like that. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it's been an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. If you were if you're to grab some kid that goes, Hey man, I, I feel called to ministry, um, you know, I I I can't do anything else, I need to do that, what would you what advice would you give them? What would you say to them that might help them along the way where either you messed up or you did something right? that you, yeah. you can just kind of impose that kind of knowledge on them just so they don't have to go through what maybe some hard thing that you went through. Yeah. Um, and I've gotten to have that conversation with, you know, I've had kids in my youth group, even here, that have sought a call to ministry. And, and in fact, you know, I get a couple of them in, in, in college right now. And, um, you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to, it, it's hard to find the right way to, to express this to them. But, you know, um, you know, one of the things I try and impress on them is, 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 is you know, don't forget, don't forget to grow up. Um, don't forget to grow up while, while you're in college. You know, and the truth is, I just, you know, not just myself, but I've, I've known, you know, a few people in my life that it's just, just like me in college. That it was just, you know, college was really just. I kind of viewed it as former years of high school. I mean, maybe there was added pressure on it because I knew afterwards, like, I had to do something. Yeah. Um, but I, I really just, I, 
uh, one thing I regret with my time is, is I didn't use that as a, as, as a really, truly formative time. I did make some really solid relationships. And, I, and you know, me, relationally, I guess maybe I matured a little bit. But, um, you know, in a holistic sense, um, you know, I, I just really didn't take that time, to, uh, you know, to let to let God kind of shape me and form me. And, and you know, what, I, I go to Nazarene Theological Seminary right now, and I'm almost finishing my degree. I'm finishing up my, my MDiv there, but... One of the things that somebody said in one of my classes there that really stuck with me that I wish I had heard and applied while I was at college was, um, you know, he had said, they, they, they had asked him, because he was going to graduate, what advice would you give to a new seminarian? And he said, don't be so anxious to pass through seminary that you don't let seminary pass through you. And, uh, you know, I wish that I had, had, had thought that way about, you know, my, my time even in all of that, you know, because I really did. I had I had professors that were extremely graceful with me and, uh, and loved me very much and, um, you know, took the time to, to try and teach me and at the same time took the time to kind of kind of give me a kick in the butt when, when I needed it, you know, even though at that point in my life I wasn't really, I wasn't really, you know, taking, I was taking that for granted, you know, basically, but um, yeah. I would say, you know, use that as a time to, you know, college is fun. And, um, yeah. you know, is. a call to ministry is, a call to ministry is, is really, I mean, it's an adventure, and it's, it's, it's got high points and low points, but it's really a time that I think God, you know, uses to, to form us, you know, um, practically, practically as, as, as we go and try and serve and love other people and, you know, try and preach the gospel and make disciples, but also academically, you know, as we try and learn and we try and love God with all our, with all our minds. Um, and even, you know, building on our relationships as we learn to trust the church through, you know, the areas of, of you know, having the church affirm that call through, you know, ordination and things like that. And I, I would, I would, you know, say, try and find that balance between having fun, you know, having, having fun, you know, doing the fun things that the college offers, assuming they're not destructive to you or others. And, uh, do, you know, also, do things that are, that are lighthearted fun, not destructively yeah. fun that yeah, now yeah, see know. here's the thing about it too i'm really thankful that when we were in college that like smartphones instagram that kind of stuff wasn't around oh, let's yeah. just let's just say that right now um extremely thankful for that one um oh yeah <laughs> uh that would have been interesting I, 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 I was kind of shy when i first got when i first got to all of that so you were like, shy yeah i believe it or not like the first time of semester i was really kind of depressed i didn't leave the i didn't leave my dorm room you, and, that and, guy. you know i listened to, i listened to like 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 hardcore christian music all the time and watched er <laughs> and uh I, I was just a weirdo you know and, and and finally i had some good some really good people come and invite me out and those, that became kind of a core group of friends at college but dude if i had a smartphone oh i, I would i, I would have never left i mean I, it would have just been like i was gonna watch netflix all day yeah, um, yeah that would have been bad. i'm glad that i was forced to you know go out and interact with with human beings and uh you know, at, at that point in my life specifically. So we were cleaning out the sound room at our church and, um, <laughs> and we found some like cassette tapes and, um, we found an actual rack that was for VHSs. Um, so that was, we kept it classy there. That's still in our sound room. That was in our sound yeah, room. And sure I'm like, Oh, that's where we're at. Good. 
So, and so I can't remember somebody, somebody was up there and like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, that's too bad. You need to get on your, um, <laughs> you get on the payphone, call collect and ask the 1990s what that is. Because it was like, it was like a, it was like a cassette tape, um, a cassette tape holder or something like that. You know, you see those pictures where it's like, if you don't know the correlation between these two things and it's like a cassette tape and a pencil, you know, and that kind of stuff, you know, that's, that's yeah. back when God was doing a new thing, uh, with DC talk. A new thing. Oh, it was spelled weird. So that made it sinful to all the older people. That was great. Oh yeah, man. They were, they were rapping and, and, Oh, that rap music, that regular rap. That's of the devil. That's just of the devil. Yeah, I can't imagine what they say now. Like we've got, yeah, we've got, I, you know, Tripoli, Lecrae, all kind of stuff like that. I can't even. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't frequent the senior halls to know what they would say about it. But it would be interesting to play some of that for them and be like, "You down with this or no? No, we're still gonna." I think it's gotten I think it's gotten softer because if you think about it, you know, like a lot of our what we could would consider you know older saints of the church, you know, where we're like you know the the prime time of music for them was like the seventies, and so they probably had the church like telling them a lot back then, like uh, look, man, the devil should have all the good music, and you know stop stop with stop with all this junk and and you know start listening to some Twilight Paris. And so I, 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 I think when I encounter a lot of, you know, maybe some of the older generation that, that you know, they, they can kind of like, even if they don't get into maybe, you know, music that, that, you know, people are into, a lot of younger people may be into now, you know, they can remember what it was like to be kind of like oppressed with their music. Well, what's know, crazy is, is that like, that they'd want to, so like, you know, so that older music is... Some at some point that they didn't start out like that. Some of that now, some of it was like you know, John and and Charles Wesley were were cranking out those tunes. But what's really funny is, I mean, the majority of them are drinking songs. You know, yeah. called unto holiness. I feel like I want a, a a stein. You know, I would love to have like a stein of water, and and you know, be swinging that back and forth when we sing that that lovely anthem. I think that would be yeah. interesting. Yeah, that would be. I, I mean, yeah. There's, there's. You know, I. <laughs> you know, I, I think. I think by and large, you know, luckily, you know, what we call the worship wars. I think. I think right now in 2015, we're like, we're we're, we're finally starting to hear like the death rattle. You know that yeah. like stupid stupid thing. Now it's know, just like I can't hear it really anyway, kind of, so play whatever you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 luckily, I think I think that's kind of where we are. You know, about ten years too late, but better late than never. Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, the big thing that I've always noticed, too, is, you know, we get so wrapped up in, well, I don't like that kind of music. Funny you mention that. Um, church isn't about you. So, last time I checked, yeah. um, church is all about him and, and reaching people that don't know who he is. You know, the, the it's not a place for the well, but the sick. So, really, yeah, yeah. really, we should be playing and, music that would that would be. Yeah, and, and you bring and you bring up a really good point too. That you know, one of the one of the one of the really bad things about the you know quote unquote worship wars and you know people saying, well, you know, we want we want more 
traditional music or more contemporary or, or whatever you know whatever buzzwords we had for them, or, or or you know even the the whole you know we want a traditional service and a contemporary service is you know it, it, it besides the fact that it was all just it, that it was you know all really silly that it revolved around you know styles of music and whatnot. Um, was that it really reinforced this consumeristic idea of church, you know, that we go to church because they play the songs we like, or they play the kind of music we like, or they, you know, they, they preach the messages we like, and, and you know, we, we present being a, a part of the body as you're there, you know, because you're there because they do things the way that you want them done. And, yeah, um, instead of staying someplace you know, where you just, go, it, it just feeds oh, into that like really, that, that hyper-individualistic, um, you know, sense, you know, way of being. Yeah. I think it's just, it, it's been toxic. It's been toxic to the church. Well, and it's a lot of times too, you'll see people that say, you know, I, well, I'm, I'm not going to go to that church anymore because they don't do X, Y, or Z, or I'm not going to go to that church anymore because they do this and it's wrong or whatever. So instead of staying and fixing the problem, we go, you know what? I'm not going to try to contribute anything. I'm going to, in essence, what I'm going to do is I'm going to curse the darkness instead of lighting a candle. And I'm going to, I'm going to just take my ball and go home sort of thing. I'm going to leave. And, you know, and there are situations too, where it's like, okay, there, it, it might be a really bad situation. So it's not, you know, not saying that you shouldn't ever leave, but I think a lot of times, man, we sis out more like, yeah, I'm going to leave because I don't like it. You know, I'm here to be, yeah. I'm here, I go on Sunday morning so I can be entertained. Oh, I hate mm -hmm. that. Or or the yeah. phrase, well, I'm just fed. not getting fed. I can be fed. Oh. That's what we, that's what we are. We're just, I, I just, mean, yeah, I'm, I don't I'm not know. Getting, yeah, I'm not we're, getting we're, fed. Where we came up with this idea that the church should be like a giant, just like feeding trough. <laughs> I've said, like, I don't want to be I, fed, yeah. I want to be led. The senior pastor is the shepherd. You know, the, yep. the sheep still know how to eat. <laughs> yeah. As dumb as they yeah, are, I, I don't know, they like, know how to eat. Yeah, I don't know where, I don't know where, well, I, I, I've had people say that to me growing up, but I never understood that people say, well, I'm just not being fed. I just like, look at them like, I, I don't even, I don't understand a one word you just said. Like, what do you, <laughs> I mean, what does that, what, what, is, what, what does that look like? And usually it just means, you know, I'm not being, they're not, the, the, the pastor's not preaching on the things I want them to preach on or, yeah. you know, doesn't share my opinion you know, either theologically or politically or whatever in this area. and They're not giving um, them, like, the Joel know. Osteen sort of sermon? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and you don't even have to go that extreme. I mean, <laughs> and if you think about it, you know, it's really easy to, 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 to kind of have that mindset because, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's churches everywhere, you know? I mean, you know, if you don't like it somewhere, it's easy just to say, well, I don't like the music here, I don't like the whatever... You know, I'll just go to the church down the road, roll the dice, and you know, maybe uh, you know, maybe they'll do everything the way I want them, to, you know, want them to do it. And uh, I just don't get you that. know, and, and and like and like and like you said, it's not that I don't think there are ever legitimately good times to you know, yeah, to to, to peacefully, um, you know, break you know you know break fellowship and break fellowship and, and and go somewhere else. But you know, by and large, it just seems like it, it comes from this this hyper-individualistic state of mind that, you know, it's about me. You know, yeah, it's all here, about you're me. You're here to do things the way I like them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just a, you know, that there's got to be, 
you know, a nice, kind-hearted, graceful, theologically sound way to say, like, shut up and grow up. Yeah. Yeah. How do you say that? I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Shut up and grow up? <laughs> when you, I would just love to. There's some people where you just want to grab them by the ears and be like, dude, just shut up and grow up. That should be a shirt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're... they're uh, I mean, I think I mean it takes place in the context of relationships. I mean, you know, I, I think there's a way, and I've had people in my life that have, you know, that have come to me and, and said, "Hey, look, you know, Cam, I love you, and 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 uh, because I love you, I need to tell you that that you know, you, you kind of need to shut up and grow up." I mean, in fact, you know, one of the one one of the um, one of the most powerful, you know, times I was reprimanded in my life, and, and I'm sure he wouldn't remember it anymore, but my, my uh, advisor for um, several of my years at Olivet, or two, you know, I say several, you know, most, you know, most of my time at Olivet was, um, his name's Carl Leff, and he's the, uh, he's the, uh, uh, the chair of the religion department um, at Olivet, and, um, you know, I just, it, he, I had him for, for Christian theology, one and two, and in fact, I failed his class first time I had it, and then, then you know, I was taking another one of his classes and I wasn't doing well. And, you know, I used to have this thing where I'd go to my professors at the end of every semester and ask for extra credit so I wouldn't fail. And, and you know, they were generally <laughs> probably probably too nice to me, but they, they would. And, and like, I no problem, just translate the New Testament in Greek. That's all you got to do yeah. by yeah. hand. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember talking to Dr. Leff and asking him, and, and he just said, he said, you know, you know what really worries me about you, Cam? And I said, well, you know, I, you know I've been kind of lazy. And he's like, no, it's not, it's not that you're lazy. He's like, you know, he said, it's just you're unwise. You're unwise. You know, you don't exercise, you don't exercise wisdom. And, and you want to be a pastor, and you want to lead and serve people. And yeah. when you lead and serve people, you can't afford to be unwise. And I yeah. think that was a really... You know, looking back, it didn't. You know, it it had it had a more profound effect on me the older I got and thought back on it. But the more I think about that, that was a, uh, you know, that was a that was a a, a, a very awesome Christian way um, that he could have come to me and and essentially said, you know, shut up and grow up. Shut up and grow up. You know, but 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 by you know by, you know, telling me what I needed to hear, you know, with, with a gentle spirit, but, but you know... I think firm. that's called tact. It's called tact, yeah. Is that, that's the word it's, we're looking for? Yeah, I believe that's the word you're looking for. It's one of those things, uh, what, how was it described? You can tell somebody that um, they, they, they're they going to go to hell, um, and then the way you describe it, they look forward to the journey kind of thing or something like that. I don't remember exactly the phrasing, but, <laughs> yeah, you basically, you basically tell someone what they need to hear in a way that they're like, Oh yeah, I really needed that. Instead of like yelling at them. Although there's sometimes where you just want to, uh, but yeah, just having tact, you're being, you're being able to, to get the message across in a way that they're like, yeah, I really needed that. Um, yeah. and not everybody has that either, which kind of stinks, but, uh, some people got it. Some people don't, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's being able to say the shut up and grow up. Without saying, shut, shut up, up and grow up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Without whacking them with a hammer. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's certainly pretty good. <laughs> and I will strike down upon thee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to proof text something in the Old Testament to make me smack you with a hammer, okay? Yeah, I'm going to find something. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. I always love preaching like that, where I find scripture to fit what I want it to say. Oh, yeah. 
It's my favorite kind of preaching. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. What... Give me the weirdest... The weirdest ministry experience that you've had. The just... The... the one of the most odd, off-the-wall... Where you're stepping back and going, what? Okay. Okay. Um, I'll just... I, I, I don't know if this, I don't know how much you, you consider this a ministry experience, but I'll use this as an opportunity to tell you about, you know, my first interview after Noblesville. And I'm not even going to tell you where. It's always an interview. It's that bad. Huh? It's always like an interview situation, I'm finding. It's it's like, yeah. I had this interview and it got weird. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, it got, it got, yeah. No. Just hear me out here. So. I'm listening. <laughs> Anyhow. I get this call from a church, and they would like to, to interview me, and um, I accepted, of course, and said I'd love to come, come and interview with you, and um, so I I didn't do any laundry the night before, and um, so, like, the next day came, and I'm like, I've got these, like, black slacks, and I don't have any clean dress shirts, so I've got this idea that, you know what, I'm just going to, it was about three hours away, I'm going to find a Walmart or whatever, and run in and buy a dress shirt and a tie, and, uh, you know, I'll be good. So I found, like, a mire, and I, I ran in. I grabbed the first white dress shirt I saw in my size mm-hmm. and black tie, bought it, went out to the car. I, I parked at, a, like, a Burger King across the street from the church, like, 10 minutes before the interview started. I, I ran in, opened the package, and realized I bought a short-sleeved white dress shirt. Yeah, you did. If ever there's old-timey Nazarene... That's it. Well, I got a skinny black tie too, so so try and try and try and Ooh. you know picture this in your mind's eye. I'm wearing my black shoes, my black slacks, a short sleeve white t-shirt, and a skinny black tie. Um, I looked a lot like the Mormons that used to come by my house. And so, you might as well have bought Elder Pence, a name tag that yeah. said Elder Pence. <laughs> yeah. So I show up for this interview. And, um, you know, I gave my, my resume, and it's the first time I really tweaked my resume, and, like, I, I took my, my, one of my buddy's resumes, he had a really nice-looking one, and I took his template, and, in fact, I stole some of, like, some of, like, his things that he wrote on there. In fact, one of them, you know, wrote, one of the things he wrote was, you know, thorough, you know, thorough understanding of Wesleyan Arminian theology. Ooh. And, uh, in fact, you know, the youth pastor I was working with at the time even looked at that and was like, Cam. Do you have a thorough understanding? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, for the most part, he's like, because they might want to ask you questions about this. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I get to this interview looking looking weird, and uh, I sit down with the board, and no joke, man, the first thing the pastor looks at in my resume goes, well, I see here you wrote a thorough understanding of Wesley and Arminian theology. Yes. yes. And like automatically it was like gold. <laughs> and he's like, if you wouldn't mind, could you go ahead and explain to me the difference between imputed and imparted grace? Oh. And no joke, man. I mean, it was like one of those things where you're just caught, like, dead to rights. Like, yeah. I just, and I remember I, I put my head down and I just said, no, no, I can't. And everybody <laughs> thought I was joking. So they started laughing for about five seconds and they, until they noticed I wasn't bringing my head up with a smile on my face. Oh, that's and so good. And they just good. kind of awkwardly yeah. sauntered on to the next question. You're like, um, do and you it want just us in the interview now? The interview. Huh? You're kind of like, should we end this now? Or <laughs> Well, it's a, in fact, you know, we, it was me and another guy 
they were interviewing, and he called, gave me a call about a week later, and he's like, oh, he's being very nice. Just want you to know, you know, love meeting you. You did a great job in the interview. Uh, we decided to go ahead and go with the other fella. And I remember the first thing I said with the, the first thing I said to him, no joke, was, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's not even a why it's a yeah that well yeah he probably didn't so, lie you know, on his so, resume so, so the first thing i did you know was, was I, I i got back from the interview and i was like i really do need to revisit my textbooks from college and whatnot and really do need to get a you know so, that's yeah, that a, that's my, a bold uh, statement to put on a resume, and especially I mean, you know, oh. especially when it's not true at all. It's yeah, it's just a blatant yeah. lie that you're hoping slips yeah. through the cracks. Yeah, and the no. pastor calls you out on it, and you're like, "Funny you mention that." Um, I uh, I'm a liar, so let's move yeah, on. Was, if that's okay, it was so it was so bad, man. I mean, this was you know. Uh, it's it's one of those things I can look back at now and just laugh at the awkwardness. But at yeah. the time, yeah, that was probably another wake up call to me at the time that was like, you gotta like, you gotta do something better than what you're doing. You can't <laughs> just lie and so, then lead teens. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, that was really uh, yeah, that was you know, a, a big wake up call for me. But yeah, it, it also <laughs> made for awesome. a pretty awkward and funny story now you know you know that we're looking at almost short, 10 years later short sleeve and it wasn't just that you were lying i gotta think it was sort of like the kind of like the tommy boy dumbfounded look where <laughs> yeah. you know he looks at you and you're wearing this short sleeve white dress shirt with a skinny black tie and let's just be honest about it was it in that packaging where there were creases like it looked like a new shirt Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. It was. Yeah, I course. mean, it was. You know, it was one of the things that I left out. You know, I pulled it out of the package, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, these things don't come pre-ironed." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're just. Oh, that was that's great. Yeah. So that that was that was definitely the. Uh, that was that was like the pinnacle, of <laughs> of my idiocy, and my immaturity. So so that's another tip. Don't lie on a ministry resume, especially saying that you're a master and you fully understand anything, really. Yeah, you probably shouldn't I say you know thorough, anything. I have a thorough understanding. Thorough yeah. understanding. And, yeah. and then he's like, was, oh, really? It was, it was oh. bad. It was bad. So, but I, uh, I got, if, if we have time, I got, I got one more awkward. This, 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 this. This is just as awkward, if not yeah, more awkward, it. but it's not as long. I want to hear it. All right, so uh, before you know, before I was on staff at Noblesville, I I interned uh, at Noblesville the summer before my last semester and all of that, and um, had a good time. And and um, like my first Sunday there, um, you know, they're trying to give me responsibilities as the young intern there, and. Um, the youth pastor that I worked under was my youth pastor growing up in Muncie. That was the church that, that where, where he went after Muncie, and so he knew yeah. me pretty well. And he said, "All right, Kim, here's the piece of scripture you're going to read. I just need you to come up, and um, you know, you're going to say the prayer before the offering. So go up, just say, hear the word of the Lord, and read, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know why I was really offended by that. I'm like, he thinks I'm too stupid to like, you know, he's giving me a script. Like I could do this. So my big act of defiance was I was going to go up there and say, hear the word of God. 
oh. instead of hear the word of the Lord. I don't. In my mind, that was just like I'll show him. <laughs> and I went up there and in front of everybody, and the, the whole the whole youth group is sitting off to my left, and I just went. I, I said, hear the word of God, but I don't know why it came out like this, but it came out, and I said, hear the word again. <laughs> and, like, I stopped, and all, I heard, like, I heard my, my youth pastor kind of doing a stifling <laughs> laugh where you kind of snort, and then I hear the youth group just start laughing uncontrollably. And so now I'm trying to read the piece of scripture that was given to me, and I'm laughing as I'm reading the scripture and stumbling off the stage to get out of the public view somehow. <laughs> You're like, so, I, I don't know. <laughs> that was God saying. Was that like a saying, Blues Brothers? Hear the word of God. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It was just. How did it go again? It was say it one more time. Saying like, don't be prideful. Yeah. How did it go again? Say it one more time. Nobody says it like that. That's not even anybody's accent. No one even has an yeah, accent no. like that. <laughs> it's, like, it's not like you can be like, place. he's from the, the New England place. area. Far off west or east or north or south. Yeah. Somebody like actually says like, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's from down south. No, there's that doesn't fly. That doesn't work. Um, yeah, even yeah, like being from a foreign south. country, there's nobody says it like that. Like, we can Which, it's, yeah. You have people over in Africa, Asia. Like, <laughs> we can say God. I don't understand why this is hard for him. Oh yeah, man. You go to like you, you, you listen. You, you like go to people that are like like in England that are like that are like have thick thick British accents. They're like, yeah, we don't know what that dude's talking. <laughs> uh, no, no, we don't good. know why he said it like that. Uh, yeah, at that point. <laughs> At that point, they were looking at you going, well, he's not going to be a missionary. He can't even speak English well, let alone <laughs> learn another language and cut him loose. That's going to be scary enough. Yeah, yeah. He has, he has to teach people his language everywhere he goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well, it's been great having you, man. I appreciate it. Um, we're going we're gonna to give you... Uh, some give you some time to do some shameless plugs you know whatever you want to say whatever you unplug whoever you want to say hi to whatever it is so when you're ready go for it oh well i i think the only plug i really have if you're in like michigan or the northeastern uh indiana area um just to check out my church's website elkhart northside uh church of the nazarene which is elkhartnorthside.org and we've got uh you know we always keep uh, a list of things we got going on for um the general church for our youth group, illuminate youth ministries for um, our family ministries and things like that. Um, so, if you're looking for a church or a place to worship, you know we'd love to have you, and, and um, we would love to get to know you. So that's my my shameless plug is is my church. So. All right, that sounds pretty good. You don't want to say hi to your wife? Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, hi Lindsay. I yeah. love you. Yeah. Don't declare yeah. your love over the air if you don't mean it. <laughs> I love you because Dad told me to. That's all we have for you today. Don't forget to check us out online at LegacyHelms.org and be sure to subscribe on iTunes. If you need t-shirts for your next big event, 
We've got you covered. Click on the t-shirt quote page under t-shirts on the website. If you would like Nick or Kendra to preach at your next retreat, revival, or camp, fill out the contact us form under preaching. And always remember, don't let your meat loaf or your mop flop.